Hello everyone. Welcome to the CVR Endovascular Podcast. My name is Jim Rickers, and I am also your host for this podcast. CVR Endovascular is the Circe Open Access Journal for vascular and endovascular publications. We opened for submissions in September 2017 and published the first papers in 2018. It is a fully independent peer-reviewed journal and published by Springer Nature. All papers published in our journal are free to access and to download. Papers in the journal are indexed in PubMed and in Scopus and have a very high number of downloads. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this podcast specially dedicated to pediatric interventional radiology. I personally have treated many children as interventional radiologist, mainly because I was seeing patients with vascular malformations at our outpatient polyclinics. I've also regularly treated children with renal artery stenosis, hemoptoae because of cystic fibrosis, dysfunctional dialysis shunts, and many more indications. Thus, that make me a pediatric interventional radiologist. It has never crossed my mind that I would qualify. Moreover, to be honest, I did not know until I was introduced to pediatric interventional radiology at the last Thursday meeting that there was something like pediatric IR. Therefore, I think it's time for a closer look. I also did not know there is actually a society for pediatric interventional radiology, the SPIR, is a young international organization founded in 2008 by a small group of dedicated physicians who were passionate about advancing the practice of image-guided procedures in infants and children. Professor Jim Donaldson was elected as the first SPIR president. The first inaugural meeting was held in Napa Valley in California in October 2009. Early leaders felt it important to include anyone who wished to participate, and this spirit of inclusivity remains today. Because I am probably not the only ignorant IR not knowing about this society, I, as editor-in-chief of CVR and the Vascular, have taken the initiative to organize a special issue about pediatric IR. I've invited the current president of SPRR, Dr. Arlex Barnacle, and the president-elect, Dr. Anna-Marie Cahill, to become guest editors of this special ZVIR endovascular issue. The papers are now online, together with an editorial by both guest editors. I would encourage everybody to read these excellent papers, which give a great overview about the work of pediatric IR. Because of the nature of our journal, being vascular and endovascular, there are no papers about the fast-expanding field of oncological treatment in children. But this is also an important target of SPIR. 
I now think it's time for you to meet both guest editors so they can explain to you the importance of pediatric interventional radiology. Welcome, Alex. Welcome, Anna-Marie. Could you tell me what pediatric interventional radiology is and what kind of procedures should be done by pediatric interventional radiologists? I think the question of what pediatric interventional radiology really is, is an interesting question. The majority of interventional radiologists are highly skilled and able to do a large majority of procedures in older children. And I don't think you need pediatric IRs for that in particular. But there's a special skill set for operating on babies and very small children where you need a whole host of extra skills and awareness about the extra risks and technical challenges involved. Um, and that's everything from oncological involvement to simple biopsies and drains. So I think for some small sick children out there, it's imperative that there are pediatric IRs who can help to guide and manage their treatment. So pediatric interventional radiology is essentially a subspecialty of pediatric radiology, uh, uh, which is a procedural subspecialty. Um, it is a minimally invasive specialty, much like the adult specialty, um, but operates exclusively on, exclusively, almost exclusively, I would say, on younger um, children and younger adults. Um, essentially, the, the bulk of our work tends to be in terms of, uh, I think, really two main areas um, in terms of regular programs, oncology intervention, is a big one, um, enteral access, which may be a less of less importance in adults, but certainly a big importance in children. And uh, then in bigger programs, you have um, inter vascular intervention. Um, but uh, but uh, so I should actually add to that. I'm sorry. Vascular access oncology and I would say um, enteral access will be the three big ones we hear around the world. Could you tell me why pediatric interventional radiology is different from IR? And what is the added value of this specialty? Sure. Uh, there are different skills involved for sure. I think uh, over time you learn that many of the pathologies are different and it's not just your adult IR knowledge is not just translatable to, to the pediatric population. So for instance, if you're biopsying a neuroblastoma tumor, you might need to routinely take 15 to 20 cores, whereas that would be quite unusual for an adult tumour. So understanding the pathology that you're dealing with and the likely outcomes and, and the, the information or the detail that your pathologist or your surgeons require takes some learning over time. There's also the uh, real skill of dealing not just with children, but with families and gaining the confidence of families who are entrusting their most precious possession to you for the next few hours or sometimes for months and years in terms of following a child through in their treatment for some of the long-term patients such as those with vascular malformations. And finally, it's just knowing where the boundaries are, what you can push, what size sheaths you can get away with for an angiogram, for instance, whether you can put a metal stent or not into, um, into a child and, and what you need to allow for in terms of growth, as well as the really basic but still challenging stuff in terms of volume, how much 
saline flush you can use during an angiogram, how much contrast you can give and how to keep the radiation dose down. So there are a whole host of different factors that we need to be acutely aware of and helping our adult IRs to understand when occasionally they do have to intervene in these children. Uh, well, I have a different viewpoint on that. I feel that a very well-trained general IR person can do them. The things that they have to be aware of are the fact the kid is a growing entity. The diseases are different. So you have to have some idea about the pathology and what you're looking for. For example, if you're biopsying neuroblastoma, it's not one core diagnosed and you're done. It's 16 to 20 cores because you need to do genetic profiling. You need to look for heterogeneity. You need to know, look for MIC amplification. So you have to set the expectation with your clinician. Can you do it as an adult person? I believe you do. You can. And frankly, because we're a limited resource around the world, I think we should be educating adult people to play their part in programs that do not have a large pediatric volume. It's impossible for us to get to every child in the world, in Europe or the US. So I am of the mindset that we are ambassadors for our specialty, but we need to empower good, safe, open-minded adult people who have an interest in peds to do this work. So maybe this is a unique mindset, but I think we can cross-pollinate each other much more than maybe we do uh, currently. Could you tell me about one of the recent patients you have treated? Well, I will tell you about a patient who came from New York, who had been seen in several hospitals in New York uh, at three years of age, uh, very fussy, uh, lots of headaches, blood pressure, diastolic in this patient was 110. And it turned out it had a small left kidney at three years of age, left kidney. Uh, did a renal angiogram, tight, tight stenosis. And I lecture about this. It is not the same disease as adults, but it's treated in a similar way. Okay. In this child, I did not need to use what we call the cutting balloon, which is pretty innovative and mostly for pediatrics. But with one insufflation of a balloon that entire kidney was filled when part of that kidney was not even visible because it was a bifurcation that was actually stenosed that kid came in on three medications was in the icu overnight for just observation and went home on none the next day this is a three-year-old child losing renal volume having chronic headaches that he can't communicate and uh, on three medications Sure. Um, one of our common situations we face is a child coming in really very unwell with, uh, for instance, a mediastinal tumour. We, we have many cases like this come through and we had one just last week. The interesting thing with children is that they tend to decompensate very quickly and very late. So unlike an adult who slowly goes downhill, a child will be very, very well until suddenly they're very, very sick and everybody is in a bit of a panic. Uh, and these are children where we need to do a biopsy of the mediastinal tumour um, in a child with airway compression and therefore the anaesthetist is not happy to give a general anaesthetic. But doing a parasternal biopsy in an awake, frightened five or ten year old is very challenging. So you really do need a general anaesthetic for these patients or at least sedation. So it's working with the anaesthetist at the same time. You may find many of these children have uh, 
have a pleural effusion. So we will do all of this in the anaesthetic room. We'll put a chest drain in as soon as the child's sedated enough to make the anaesthesia a bit easier for that team. Then we'll do the parasternal mediastinal biopsy in the anaesthetic room. And if the child remains stable enough, we would then transfer them into the IR suite to put in a double lumen Hickman line for their undoubted treatment they're going to need. And what we really like about that is the kind of one-stop shop approach that I think paediatric IR particularly is really geared towards in a a good department. Uh, Families don't want their children to undergo more operations than necessary and getting everything done in a sick child in one go is really rewarding actually. It's the best thing for the child. How can you become a paediatric interventional radiologist? Yeah, that's an interesting question. There aren't um, uh, specialised guidelines. There are very few specialised training schemes in Europe, certainly. Um, It's a more established training pathway in North America. Um, And really on all of the curriculums, both national and international, paediatric IR really doesn't figure so highly. So it depends on the country that you're in. In the UK, we have two uh, training, formally recognised training posts that are a year each, one at our hospital and one in Birmingham. Um, But in most of Europe, there wouldn't be official training posts like that. So it's really just getting in touch with a department that does paediatric IR, going and getting a taste there and then trying to find some way to spend some time in their department. And I think you... You can gain a lot of skills in one year. It depends on what your background is. So we have as many people come to us from diagnostic paediatric radiology as we do from adult IR. In fact, we have more that come to us from diagnostic paediatric radiology. So therefore, you need a bit more training in in wire and catheter skills and hand-eye coordination, perhaps. Um, But they already have that strong background in working with children and families and understanding the pathology and the imaging involved. There is. There are lots of them. Most tertiary children's hospitals have training programs. The information is visible on the SPIR website. Um, The tricky thing for graduates in the U.S. is it's not American College of Graduate Medical Education or they say ACGME accredited. We're working on that. The bar, setting the bar at a minimum standard is a tricky across institutions. But yes, you will get a formal fellowship. You will just not get a certificate for that fellowship from the American College right now. And uh, most tertiary children's hospitals have them. They're available publicly on the, on the, I think, SIR website also, but SPIR for sure. So it depends on your background. I like that we've got a department in our in our hospital of six consultants who have all come from very different backgrounds. And I think that adds to the uh, skill set in the team, actually, that we've got those who have a strong adult IR background and we can really lean on when, for instance, it's a... Um, a dialysis fistula that's gone down that feels like a very adult disease that we sometimes see in our teenage patients but we would very much lean on our adult IRs for help with that whereas for some of the tracheal intervention in neonates that's a very different skill set indeed so it, it's it's a nuanced pathway it depends what's available and often I think people do need at the moment to travel abroad or to a different country to to really fill out their training. Most hospitals do not have specialized pediatric radiologists. 
Do you think it's mandatory in all hospitals where there is also a large pediatric department to have pediatric interventional radiology available? I do. Uh, I think not mandatory. I think it would be desirable if you're not within a reasonable driving distance to a tertiary pediatric centre. And part of the reason I say that is it's very inconvenient for children to go out of state in the United States. Lots of insurance don't cover you to leave the state. So uh, that's even a practical phenomenon. I do. I feel so strongly about this. These days, you wouldn't accept having hospitals set up like that without adult IR. And I don't understand why it's different for pediatric IR. I think the reasons behind that are complex. And it's partly because pediatricians are not as aware of us as adult clinicians are these days. Um, I think in the adult world, everybody knows what IR is and the value that it can bring in, in some spheres anyway. But in pediatrics, even in, in London, where there are several excellent pediatric IR centres, there are other hospitals that don't really understand why they might need some pediatric IR expertise in their institution. I don't think you need a massive team, but I think you need at least one person who has some skills that they can share and can be the go-to person for advice. Because as I said, adult IRs can do many of these procedures, but they need to know who their point of contact is and who they can go to for advice when things get tricky for sure. Is there anything Thursday can do or should do to promote pediatric IR? We just need to get out there and be more visible and I think less intimidating to the adult world. We cannot be in every hospital in Europe or the US. We can't. There are children in every hospital. You know, they're going. So maybe Alex had a different angle on this than I did. But practically speaking, we cannot be everywhere. There are about 300 of us in the world. Mm. We have to partner with people who can do this. I think it's fantastic that there's a lot more paediatric IR on the scientific program every year now, and that's continuing to grow. And uh, that has been a huge gear shift, I think, within Circe. And I have been quite overwhelmed by the positivity from many different uh, corners of Circe and supporting what we're trying to do. I think once people know that it's out there and trainees are becoming more and more aware of it, then it becomes more normal. If you see it, then you can be it, right? Um, but we, I think it would be helpful to look at the curriculum again to at least have pediatric IR recognised in there. It would be good to have some more standards. There are very few standards, not just for Circe, but in North America as well for pediatric IR. Um, and it, I think we could build more awareness of some paediatric IR procedures into the adult curriculum so that people at least have a grounding in that. And that opens up the possibilities for people who are interested in it or have particular skills in that direction to branch out and explore that more fully. I think if we keep the curriculum and the training schemes very focused on adult IR, it'll never occur to people that this is something that they might be interested in or, or, or find rewarding. Well, thank you very much, Alex and Anne-Marie, for your great info on pediatric IR. I hope all of you listening have enjoyed this CVR Endovascular podcast episode. 
And please check out for our new podcasts at zvrandovastler.org slash podcast. Thank you for listening.